0: Good. We're in the study on the Sermon on the Mount. and uh, it's so good to have all of the elementary kids here. So I'm going to give you a little bit of help. Remember last week, Pastor Kurt talked about we're not supposed to curse. Well, he didn't really talk about saying bad words. He talked about not making uh, the curse was the oath. You know what that is? That's cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Uh, That's making the promise that you're going to do that. It's going to happen if you don't fulfill what you're going to do. And what came out last week? We're just supposed to live a life where yes is yes and no is no. Isn't that simple? That's from the Sermon on the Mount. We're just talking about Sermon on the Mount. So now for all of the, the, the kids who are taking notes, uh, You can put down, I'm Pastor Doug, the facilities manager here at Hillcrest, so you can put that down, and you can put down that what we're going to talk about today is something all of the kids want to know about, getting even, okay? (laughs) Write that down, getting even. Oh, the preschoolers can go, but they've already gone. If you're a preschooler, you can leave. Look at him, I'm just fleeing. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about getting even. And the scripture we're going to start, you can write this scripture down, is going to be Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 to 42. Okay? Matthew 5, 38 to 42. Okay, let's read it. You've heard that it was said... An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I'm sorry, I've got a little bit of echo here. Can we change that? Thanks. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give the one who asks you, asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Hmm. Interesting. Sermon on the Mount. How many of you have watched the movie Fiddler on the Roof? Yeah. If you haven't, you should watch it. It's interesting. It's the story of uh, a Jewish milkman over in Russia, uh, pre-revolutionary days in the early 1900s. and, uh, And near the end of the film... Uh, they're being forced to leave uh, their, their, the, their town. The police come with the order, the edict. To, they had three days to sell everything and, and leave. And uh, after the policeman shares this and everything, well, someone cries out, we'll fight them all, we'll fight them. And then someone else cries out, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And Rick Tavier, the, the mailman, and milkman, pardon me, he turns he says, yes, and then the whole world will be blind and toothless. <laughs> we got to get even. we got to get even. Now, at the beginning of that verse 28, it says, you have heard that it was said. Yeah, they'd heard that it was said because that's what's written in the law of Moses. It's written in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It was actually, you're saying, oh, really? Oh, man, I just, I never knew I could hit somebody and knock their tooth out if they knocked my tooth out. I, you know, <laughs> I was talking to my nephew and he just had his, his wisdom tooth pulled out and I said, well, by what I'm preaching today, you can go back there and take the, that dentist's tooth out. Uh, he didn't think he would. <laughs> but actually, you know that what that was? It was a law of limitations. It was limiting things. So you know how it goes. You hit me, I punch you back again. Then you pull your knife on me, and I pull my gun. I shoot you, and then your family comes after me. And then my family comes after your family, and pretty soon we're the Hatfields and the McCoys with a big, a big feud going on that grows into a world war because things just start growing and growing and growing. This was a, a law of limitation, If that happened to you, you could only go this far. You could only knock the other guy's tooth out. If you cut your finger off, you could just cut his finger off. Ooh, isn't that nice? But you couldn't do any more. You couldn't cut his head off. You couldn't, you had to stop. There were, in in the the law of Moses, there, and in the law, there was a number of things that we even pull into our laws this day. Um, you realize back in those days if you were working with your neighbor and you were you were lifting a rock and he was down below and you accidentally dropped that rock on his head and he died, you needed to flee to a city of refuge and you they, they wouldn 't take your life for it they wouldn't you, you it was an accident we call it manslaughter but if you had been doing a wily coyote thing where you had the rock up there with a little stick in it and a string so that your neighbor came down and pulled the string so that the rock would land on his head and kill him then it was life for life because you had premeditated you had planned it and that was the way the law was laid out now Jesus at the Sermon on the Mount is talking to all these people who knew the law the, the Pharisees had taught them the law they knew the law and Jesus flips it that's what we're talking about. The Sermon on the Mountain flips everything. Look at what Jesus said. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you right on the cheek, turn to them and let them slap you on the other cheek. Whoa, just a minute. You know how that goes. You come over, you slap them on the cheek, and he pulls his sword out, and you start a duel, right? <laughs> I'm going to get even. He did that to me. I'm going to... She said that about me. I'll tell you what I'm going to tell everybody about her. Uh, He did that to me. I'm going to do this to him, and that's. I'm going to get even. I'm going to get even. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 17, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do it in the right way. Look at the second thing Jesus said. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. Hmm. Just a minute. If you're taking me to court, I'm going to fight like crazy to not have to do anything for you, uh, you know. And he says, oh, just a minute. If they're suing you for this Don't just give them this, but give them even more. Now look at what it says in Exodus. It says about taking your neighbor's cloak. Now there was was a, they would wear an inner garment and then there was a a large outer garment. So when Jesus is saying, when they want to take your inner garment, well give them that outer garment too, but that outer garment was more than just an outer garment. In Exodus it says, if you take your neighbor's cloak as security for a loan, you must return it before sunset. This coat may be the only blanket your neighbor has. How can a person sleep without it? If you do not return it and your neighbor cries out to me for help, I will hear, then I will hear, for I am merciful. What he's talking about here is, hey, there are important things in your life, but if someone comes and they want some of those important things, you need to open up and, 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 and give it. And then the, in the next one, he said, if anyone forces you to go a mile, Go with them two miles. Now they knew about this one because the Romans who were in charge in Israel at that time, in their law, a soldier could grab any person. You're, You're walking this way. The soldier's going this way. You want to go over there, and he stops you and says, Here is my equipment. You carry it, and you would have to carry it for exactly one mile. When you got to the end of the mile, you could dump it, and you could go on your way. That was the law. That goes way back to the Persians. The Persians uh, would do the same thing. If they wanted, they could take your horse or whatever they wanted and use it, and and you had to give it over. And Jesus is saying, hey, if somebody says, you have to do this, and you say, I'm gonna do even more. Boy, he flipped it right around. You don't just go one mile, go two miles. And then give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Listen to what they're asking for and help them as much as you can. And Jesus is talking about turning it around instead of getting even. You back off and you become generous. What's the real battle here? I don't think the real battle is losing a tooth or getting your eye poked out the real battle is with self and selfishness I want it it's mine, you said that I'm going to get even I, you can't take this the battle's with pride how dare he slap my face in front of all these people the battle is with what I think is fair this isn't fair I this has to be fair this is not fair I how is it possible that she did that and I have to put up with it how is it possible that he told me that and it isn't fair it just isn't fair so it really comes down to Jesus was touching on our selfishness for me I would say the biggest problem I have in my whole life as far as sin has to do with selfishness I don't know about you I want it. I want the biggest piece of cake. Unless I'm on a diet, then I want the little one. But it's about me, right? It's about what I want. It's about me getting my pound of flesh. Hmm. I'm going to get even. It's about my pride. That slap on the face. I can only remember once of getting slapped on a face, in the face. I was thinking about when I see Willard Mitchell. so good to have the Mitchells here. Blessings on you. Uh, I, I I don't know if he was the one, but for one year at Bible college, I got to be the head of the potato peeling crew down in the basement, down in the hole there. And we peeled potatoes every morning. And one morning, I don't know why, one of the guys was down there peeling potatoes with me, and his girlfriend happened to stop by. And I made a remark. I can't even remember what the remark was. And she slapped my face. <laughs> Wham! <laughs> it was something about him and her or something like that and she slapped my face I was so shocked I didn't slap her back <laughs> I don't know if you ever had your face slapped but there's a pride issue there usually hey how can that happen to who what's going on the battle about losing something where he says give him not just your this part of your belongings but give him even more listen it's my shirt. It's my money. It's my belongings. These are my things. Yeah, I'm not going to give them away. I, I, I can't give them away. Uh, they belong to me. This is mine. How many of you kids have said that when your brother wants something of yours? It's mine. Or your sister takes something of yours. That's mine, mom. That's mine. Make them give them back. Make him give it back. That's mine. Any kids ever done that? Let's see your hands. Be honest. Yeah, I see over here. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. You're being honest. And Jesus is saying, Give it. Let him have it. How is that possible? It's about me and my plans. I have my time all figured out here. And how can you ask me to do that? I'm going to Kettleston. I'm heading down the road. And how is it possible they are putting us down to a one-lane traffic and I have to sit here. I'm not going to get out there in time for supper and I'm going to have to eat potato chips and nothing else tonight, right? It's about me. <laughs> I'm not thinking about the nice it's going to be when they get those passing lanes in from here to Chamberlain. You know, we get so upset because uh, how is it possible that they're, no, my time how can they ask this of me? It's about my time. I was Pastor Allen here spoke one time about serving others and helping others, and, and the next morning, a friend of mine called up and said, hey, can you help me? We're putting rafters up on, uh, on this garage, and can you help me? And I'm thinking, I've got a big project going on. I don't have time for it. And then I got convicted because Pastor Allen had talked about helping. <laughs> and so I said, okay, and I went and helped. And you know what? when we had lunch that day one of the crew asked me about a house that i had for sale and he bought my house and, and if i hadn't given up in that the, those few hours to go i wouldn't have never known that he was going to move to town wanted to buy a house and ah the lord worked out things really good but it had to start off here on my time when i first got the call i thought i got too much to do i can't go and help him it's about your time it's about your time and what about control of my money Ah, this is this is my money. <laughs> I was thinking about a pastor friend of mine told me this story. He he heard that uh, a certain couple were going were had been accepted as missionaries to go to a African country and. <laughs> he laughed he said that guy being a missionary <laughs> that's, a, that's the funniest thing I ever heard and he said then the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said I'm going to tell you something funnier. you're going to give him $2,000 to go <laughs> you know is it your money or is it the Lord's money uh, in a couple of weeks time I think I'm going to get a chance to talk to you oh I shouldn't have said that you won't come uh, i can to talk about money uh, you know have you ever seen people coming out of the courthouse after someone has been sentenced and, and they're upset how could they just give them 10 years they should have given them life in prison and, and we've got to get even and, and, and as if they would feel better if that person hurt more or if that person was and we need to stop and say well just a minute who really is in control who really is in control? Is the Lord in control? Are we in control? Proverbs chapter uh, Proverbs 20 and verse 22. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. But wait on the Lord to handle the matter. Someone said, if we followed the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, we'd all be broken naked. No, I think the Lord will supply more clothes and he'll supply more money. Uh, But the attitude, what is the attitude here? Don't say, I'll get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. When we lived in Central America, our house was robbed, different houses were robbed a number of times. One of the last times, uh, I came home and they'd kicked the door in and they'd stolen the TV and the VCR and the video camera and all of those things. And uh, there was no insurance or anything. It was just when it's gone, it's gone. And I was, I was feeling upset and angry and and. Uh, I started sitting thinking about if I had been here when they'd come in I would have I thought of all the things I would have done to them How I would have beat them to a pulp <laughs> I, and, and you know I, I, I found myself thinking about that over and over again I don't know if you've ever been robbed but the violation of just having people go through your house and steal stuff and be there when you're not there. Every time it happened was Sunday morning when we were at church. Every time. About five times, I think it was. Five different times. And, but I started, I started meditating on, I'd like to get even. I go, Oh, man. And then pretty soon, you see people walking down the street and you wonder, is that them? And pretty soon, you become an angry person. Very upset. And, well, and all of a sudden, I had to stop and say, no, just a minute. I don't want to become angry. I don't want to be upset with... Somebody, it probably wasn't them at all. It wasn't, but I'm getting I'm No, Lord, forgive me. Lord, the things that were stolen were yours. Help me with that. Well, you know, they stole all that stuff, but they hadn't stolen my computer. And I was very happy about that. But I guess when they were selling my stuff, somebody said, well, don't you have a computer? Because four weeks later, we come home from church, they kicked, I'd, I'd put, a big chain on the gate. I picked all the locks. They smashed it all. If somebody wants in, forget it. They'll get in. And they took my computer. Oh, Lord. But I had to go, Lord, that was your computer. I can't get back into that angry mode. I can't get, I got to get even mode. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do, but... And wouldn't you know, the next day, I got a letter from a lady, uh, a young lady from Canada who had come and she'd been down in Guatemala with us for a little while and uh, she'd sent me some money for a project that she would like me to work on or do something. It It wasn't very clear what the project was but this money had been sitting in the bottom of my bank account for maybe over a year, year and a half. And the next day this letter came And she said, I'm sorry. I should have never asked for that project. I don't think that was of the Lord. Use that money for your biggest need right now. (laughs) I ended up with a better computer. You know, if you turn the things over to him, but if it's mine, I can't lose this. I have to have it right away. We're going to get angry. We're going to get upset. And we're going to get miserable. I got to make them pay. Here's an interesting passage. (laughs) I just came across this one. Look at this one in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Must you also trample the rest of the pasture with your feet? Is it not enough for you to drink uh, clear water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Must my flock... Feed what you've trampled and drink what you've muddied with your feet. I know he's talking about prophetic things and the, and the leadership and how they were doing wrong, but as I read that through, I think he, this is the way some people think. If I can't have it, or I've got mine, and I'm going to fix them so that they won't have it, and I'm going to mess their life up, and I'm going to trample, and I'm going to muddy their water, and I'm going to tell this about them, I'm going to let everybody know that this and this and this and this, even though I have been blessed with this, it doesn't matter. I'm going to make them pay. Oh, what do we live? If I can't have it, I'll just, I'll just mess it up. I'll, I'll, I'll mess it up so bad. Have you ever done that? Have you ever tried to get even by messing somebody else's life? It's not nice. Proverbs 34 and 29. 24, 29. And don't say, now I can pay them back for what they've done for me. I'll get even with them. I can pay them back. I will get... Has somebody done something nasty to you? And in your mind you were saying, I'll get even with them. I'm going to get back at them. I don't know what it takes, but I'm somehow... Be careful. Don't say that. But Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait patiently for the Lord... Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. If your life is in the Lord's hands and you're given over to Him and you've been forgiven so much, can you just stop and wait patiently and let Him work things out? But what about my rights? I have my rights. What's fair? Just a minute. That wasn't fair that they did that. I. I oh, just a minute. What's just around here? That that, that isn't just that I have to give up that or I have to give up... Oh, just a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Behind what I feel are my rights and what is fair, a lot of times there's pride and selfishness. This isn't fair. There's a lot of pride and selfishness in it. I want to tell you a story about something that happened to me. We'd been... We were pastoring in South Texas... Right on the border. You hear about McAllen, Texas these days. So that's where we lived. Right in the next town to McAllen. For about seven about four years, pastored there. And then the Lord put it in our hearts to minister in Central America. So we came back to Canada and our ACOP Missionary Council accepted my application to be a a missionary. And they said, Go for it, Doug. And they gave me all the money of nothing. <laughs> they just said, you've got to go out and support. Our ACOP center doesn't have fi- uh, missions money. We go out and receive it from the people who would get behind and support our mission. So I started visiting churches uh, in uh, September of that year. I'd been in about doing it about two weeks or so, and I was up in uh, a church here in northern Saskatchewan. And I received a phone call. It was a phone call from a pastor friend of mine, who pastored one of our larger churches in Canada, and he was saying, "Doug, I hear you're uh, you're going back to Central. Are going to Central America as a missionary, uh, and you need some support? How much do you need?" And I said, uh, "Such and so much, and this and that." He says, "Okay, we'll see what we can do." And later on, he came back, and they picked up two thirds of my support. Two thirds of my support. By Christmas, I had raised my support. Nowadays, for a missionary, and we had Danny DeLong here, and he was mentioning financial. You can help them financially uh, today and right now. When someone wants to go mission field, it takes them eighteen to two year, eighteen months to two years to raise their finances. And I was able to raise that in four months. We, went to, we studied Spanish, and they supported us all the time. We weren't producing anything. We were studying. And then the first years in Central America, we were learning culture and things like that and really weren't producing much, and they were faithfully supporting us. And then we would go for three years and come back for three months and then go for three years and come back for three months. And I was into my second term right in the middle of it. I've been about a year and a half into it, and I get a letter from this pastor and he says, we're dropping your support. If you're you lose two-thirds of your salary overnight, <laughs> how would you live? And I just, oh. It was a shock. It was a rejection. It was a, oh, how can they do this? This is not fair. Can't they at least wait till I finish? this other year and a half and I'm back in Canada and and, and and all of these thoughts went through me and it ended up that we had to come back to Canada earlier than we planned and we had to visit churches and, and we had to raise our support again. And there was another church that picked us up and, and over that period of time people and we our support got raised and we went back and served the Lord. We were serving about 10 years, maybe 12 years later. I was having to come back to can I was coming back to Canada. It was... Uh, it was the time I was to come back, and I, our, our support had, had gone down a bit. Sometimes missionaries, pastors change, and people die, and people forget their commitments, and people, you know, so your salaries kind of went up and down, your income. And so I was coming back, and I needed to raise some more support. It had gone down, and I'm praying about it in Guatemala. I'm praying about it. And the Lord dropped something in my heart. He says, You need to go back and ask that pastor who helped you at the beginning to help you. And I said, No way. No way. You n- not at all. I'll never go back and ask him for any more. He rejected me. He rejected that. Never. And the Lord said, Why not? well, it's obvious what he did wasn't fair and it wasn't right and this and this and this. And then the Lord dropped another question into my heart and this blew me away. He said, back when you were starting out, did you ask him for that support? And I said, no. I remember exactly where I was. The house I was in, when the phone call came and he asked me about support and everything. No, he said he would support. He came to me. And the Lord said, I know. I put it in his heart. That's why he came to you. I put it in his heart. And then, the blow that knocked me out was, he said, and i took it out of his heart later on i took it out of his heart why are you are you angry at him you need to be angry at me because i put it in his heart and i took it out of his heart and i started to cry because i had held feelings and resentment and things against this man of god because he'd followed what God had shown him, but I didn't feel it was fair. I didn't feel it was right. I didn't feel it was, this is not. And I had to be angry at the Lord. I said, oh, Lord, I can never be angry at you. Forgive me for not understanding. Years later, when the whole picture came out, the changes and things that happened in those days were, were, were for my be- benefit, for my ministry. There were all kinds of things that happened to bless me out of that that I didn't even realize, but I was angry and I was... Why? Because it wasn't fair. You know, we sometimes get all caught up in that. It's got to be fair. I came back to Canada. I went out for lunch with that pastor. And I, 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 this is one of the ways you probably don't do fundraising, but I said to him right off the bat, I'm going to ask you something. You don't have to help me at all. <laughs> but I have to ask you. I have to humble myself and say, forgive me. And I asked him. And you know, his answer was, Doug, I don't even remember what was going on in those days. Sure, we'll help you. <laughs> you know, Sometimes we've got this all built up. They're over there thinking this and that. They're not thinking anything. They're, they're going to, i got to get even. And they're not thinking about it. And you are, and it's ruining your life. What about my human rights? You know, we have a, all of this. You hear about the human rights i have the right i have the right to choose my sexual preference i have the right the woman says to choose what she wants to do with the life that's growing in her in her body Uh, what i have a right i have my rights i want to tell you this this morning the only right that you and i have as human beings is the right to be judged by a sinless god and we're sinners We've committed sin. The only right we have is to stand before this one and be judged, and we're guilty, guilty, guilty. Romans three twenty-three, you know it, don't you? For all have sinned and of the glory of God. And then in Romans chapter six verse twenty-three it says, "For the wages of sin is death." But, but there's uh, that. But is so incredible that, but the gift of God is eternal life in. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Calvary, because he gave himself, I don't have to be judged that way. My human right now is just to receive his forgiveness and receive his forgiveness, and I don't deserve it. You know, if you've been hanging on to, well, I deserve this or my human right, and you've never confessed to him your need of him and that salvation... Maybe you'd like to pray with me right now. Everybody, just close your eyes. Maybe you want to pray this prayer. Dear Father, thank you that you love me and sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Forgive me. I put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me live a life that honors you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, if you prayed that, you never prayed that before and said, yeah, I really, I thought I had all these rights, but I don't have any rights. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me, for, for, for forgiving me because you went to the cross. If, if you prayed that first time, share it with somebody. Come and share it with one of us at the front afterwards. We'd love to hear that. It's necessary because you don't deserve anything, but but Jesus paid the price. He really did. In closing, I want to I want to say this: Don't get caught up in the attitude of this selfish culture of our day. You just watch it. All the ads are, you deserve this, you need this, you have to have this, you have to have this. All the ladies, you have to have this to make you more beautiful. You have to have all of this. Men, you have to have these certain vehicles or to, to, to be somebody. You have to have all of this. And, and our, our society is just playing into selfishness, selfishness, selfishness. It's all about me. Why are people so angry? They're angry because they're not getting what they want because they think they deserve it. Be careful. Be careful. Timothy, in 2 Timothy, he warned about that. He says, This, you should know this, Timothy. In the last days, there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful, proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and they will consider nothing sacred. That's the day we're living in. It's all about me. It's all about me. I have to get my own way. And Jesus is saying, no you don't. You have to give. You have to bless. You have to forgive. You have to go beyond what is being demanded. Go beyond love and care for them. Even if they've said nasty things about you, forgive them. Say good things about them. We need to live like Jesus. We must have the attitude of of Jesus Christ. In Philippians it says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Don't be selfish. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think it equality with God. Think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. What fantastic, fantastic example we have in Christ. In my devotions I was reading and this psalm came out at me and I think we should all probably make this our prayer. But Psalm 119, verses 35 to 37. Let's read it. Direct me in the path of your commands. Read it out loud, okay? Direct me in the path of your commands for there I find delight. Turn my heart toward your statutes And not selfish again. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Look at what he's saying there. Lord, you direct my paths. Pastor Steve was talking about that. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. Direct my paths. I'm yours, Lord. That's where I find my delight. I'm following you, I'm walking in your paths. Turn my heart towards your statutes, your desires. Not towards selfish gain. What am I going to get out of this? If I help you, what are you going to pay me? Where are we going to... How's that going to happen? I I got to get something out of this. You want my time? No, just a minute. Whoa. Not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. I want to challenge you. That person that owed you that money, I don't care if he owed you a million dollars. It's worthless for eternity. You've held it against it because that partner uh, shafted you and messed up your your life and your money and all the rest of it, and you're holding that. Give it away. Worthless things. These things are only here for a time being. You are much more important. Eternity is much more important. Turn my eyes away from worthless things, from trinkets and toys. <laughs> if you read this in the message, he says he, he puts in trinkets and toys in there. All this stuff that's so important, and you you haven't talked to your sister for. Ages because of what she did with the will (laughs) or the won't. (laughs) Uh, She took this and she took that or he had this and he did that. Just a minute. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Lord, I want your word in me. Would you close your eyes for a moment? Lord, it's so hard because we're so selfish. Forgive us, Lord, for our selfishness. We want to turn our eyes on you. Lord, we've grabbed onto worthless things, things that really don't matter, and we put such importance on them. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, help us flee from this selfish, selfish culture and help us to be filled with you and the generosity and the love and the care that you have for us we would share with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.